Job 5 and 8 are. I'm going to ask if you would um, plug in with me quick here because I'm, I'm preaching a one-point message today and I'm, I won't be long, but I do believe I have a word. So please plug in. Job 5 and 8, the Bible says, I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause. I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause. I'm not going to give you my title yet, so don't put that on the screen just yet, Brother Drew. I'll share my title with you in just a few moments. God bless you. You may be seated. And don't be checking to see how many likes you've got while I'm preaching. In a moment of humiliation and mocking subjugation, the Philistines had a lad to lead the former champion and one-time mighty man of Israel into their court and onto the porch of the great pavilion in which they feasted and made merry. As they had sacrificed unto their false god by the name of Dagon, and rejoiced in the capture of Samson through the seduction and betrayal of Delilah, their hearts began to be lifted up, and they had called for this broken man to be brought before them, so that all 3,000 gathered there that day could make sport of him. In that moment this once great man of uh, this once great man and judge of the children of God no doubt rehearsed in his mind the events that had led him to this particular heartbreaking scene at one time he had been a man upon whom the spirit of the Lord would come and when that would happen the Bible says that Samson did mighty feats of strength and of war He had ripped lions apart with his bare hands. He had caught 300 foxes and tied firebrands between each two, setting them loose in the fields of the Philistines to destroy their crops. At one point, the Bible said that he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter in his vengeance upon them when his wife was taken and given to another man to marry. He broke cords and he took up the jawbone of a donkey and he slew a thousand men. He carried away the gates of the city of Gaza to the top of a hill before Hebron when they tried to lock him in that city and contain him. Neither chains nor ropes nor leather bonds could hold him when he was determined to be loosed. And yet, because of his carnality, And because of his sensual appetite, he was beguiled by a Philistine woman. And he told to her the secret of his great strength, which was found in his vow to be separated unto God. She cut his hair, and he became as other men. And so now, for the past months, he has been grinding in the prison house, doing the work of a donkey or of an ox, blindly following his circular path of punishment, 
due to his own disobedience and desire to push the boundaries of God's mercy and grace. No doubt, Samson stunk and was covered in the filth of those barnyard animals with whom he split working shifts. I see the once proud and stout man of renown now bent over and wearing the tattered garments of a prisoner with nobody to call a friend. He had been famous, but now he is just infamous. Howbeit, the scripture says, the hair of his head began to grow again. And so on that fateful day when they brought him out, he says to the lad that leads him, Set my hands on the pillars whereupon the house stands. Then, in the roar of derisive laughter, an enemy's spittle that is falling down his face, he prays a simple prayer, an appeal to heaven, if you will, that just once more would God remember him. Just once more would God strengthen him. And just once more would God avenge him of his enemies. And the Bible says that the Lord heard him. And he began to push against those pillars. And he toppled that magnificent edifice. So that in death he destroyed 3,000 enemies in one failed swoop. More than all those that he had slain. In his life, another man, a man of valor and war, a man with bloody hands but a heart after God. David was the greatest king to sit on the throne of Israel. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel and a key figure in God's redemption plan. Called from the pasture to be anointed in his father's house by Samuel. Victorious over Goliath on the battlefield, even though his king and his brothers had no true faith in him. He was set apart as a leader, as a commander in the army. Sensitive to the spirit of the Lord as it would move upon him. And he would write songs of praise to our God. Consumed he was with a desire To serve God. That's who David was. But then David made some mistakes. He was an imperfect man. But when he had his greatest failure. He still was a man who found a place alone with God. And he rent his clothes. And he sat down in sackcloth and in ashes. And he lifted up his voice with tears. It was you might say an appeal to heaven. And he prayed a prayer that God would not and God could not turn his face from. And God responded in mercy. And he brought healing to David's soul and spirit. And he did a great work in his life. Joshua. He ran across a battlefield. Chasing down the remnants of a terrible army. That just hours before had threatened the annihilation of the people of God. Five kings had come together. Believing they would destroy Israel. When he looks around. And he sees the dimming light 
as the sun begins its descent into the western sky. And he has a need that cannot be solved by natural means. He does the only thing he can think of to do, and that is that he appeals to heaven, causing the hand of God to come upon their situation. And he commands the sun to stand still. And he commands the moon to halt so that the battle can be completely wrought and the victory can be completely realized. That's what God did for Joshua. Elijah stood on top of a dry mountain. He was surrounded by a spiritually dry people, knowing that they had a dry faith. And he looks at an old altar that he has rebuilt, and he lifts his heart, and he lifts his voice heavenward, and he makes his case, he makes his appeal to heaven that the Lord would show himself strong to his people and that he would send fire down on that altar. And when it happens, it becomes a pivotal moment in which Israel begins to turn back toward the God of their fathers. It happened on that day. Solomon walks into the courtyard of the temple of the Lord. He prays a dedicatorial prayer in which he appeals to heaven that God would come and make himself known in their midst and be the God of Israel. And the Bible said the glory of the Lord descended to the point that the priest could not stand the minister. Daniel found himself caught in the crosshairs of jealous governors who despised his heritage. They despised his race. They despised his religion. And they seek to destroy his life by coaxing a naive and prideful king into making a self-adulating law which says that no one can worship, no one can invoke, no one can pray to any other god than the king of Babylon for 30 days. Yet Daniel keeps on doing what he's always done and is thrown into a lion's den for it. But an appeal to heaven brings him out safely. That same Daniel sees a vision and he goes into a period of 21 days of prayer and fasting asking God to give him direction and understanding. For 21 days he endures the humbling of his body until at last the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day you appealed to heaven, I was sent to you. The demonic force known as the prince of Persia withstood me. But Michael the archangel came to help me. And now I am come to you. The point I'm making today is very simple. And it must needs not be missed in the noisiness of the war. That is being waged upon every believer under the sound of my voice. You came here today. And it, you could hear in the spirit today. You would hear the clanging of the armor. And you would hear the sword as it begins to fall upon another sword. And you would hear the yells. And you would hear the bugles as they blow. I have come here today into the midst of all of that. With a directive from the throne of heaven. To tell you sweet people that I have the privilege of pastoring. That when you have either missed the mark. Or you have failed in your commitment to the Lord. 
or you find yourself to be at a loss of understanding for where you're at and what's going on in your world. Or perhaps you are facing an adversary that seems to be so very formidable and daunting. And you think to yourself, I've done all that I know to do. I've prayed. I've fasted. I've interceded. I've spoken faith. I've prophesied the word of God. I've declared his promises. I've repented and I've kept the faith. I've remained faithful in my consecrations. I've paid my tithes. I've made my way consistently to the house of the Lord. I've done everything I know to do. What else is there, pastor? What else can I do today, pastor? In that moment. When you have exhausted every resource and you've given it all that you have, there is but one thing that is left to do, and that is an appeal to heaven. An appeal to heaven is what I'm preaching to you about today. To say, God, I've been giving it my all, and I'm going to keep on giving it my all. But Lord, I don't know what else I can do beyond what I have done. Except that I say it is time for a divine intervention into the mess that I am facing. And then we must trust the providence of God. That he is going to finish this thing like it's supposed to be finished. That God is going to cause this thing to come about the way it's supposed to come about. And that when it is all said and done, when the last thing has been said, when the dust has settled, when the last word's been spoken and it's all over, you're going to know that God came through and God made the way where there seemed to be no way. Clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. You may be seated. The pine tree flag or the an appeal to heaven flag was a flag that actually flew in our country. It was one of the flags used by the Continental Army during the American Revolutionary War. The flag which featured a pine tree with the motto, An Appeal to Heaven, above it. It was white with a green tree in the words above, just as this one. It was originally used by a squadron of six cruisers, commissioned under George Washington's authority as commander-in-chief of that army in October of 1775. Our general decided to take it upon himself to commission six privately owned schooners, and to start his own navy. It was to be called Washington's Secret Navy, and all boats were to have an appeal to heaven flag upon them. It was a white flag with the evergreen tree and those words stitched across. In 1776, the state of Massachusetts adopted this flag for its own navy, and it was used by the Massachusetts State Navy vessels, in addition to privateers sailing from Massachusetts. The general court 
of Massachusetts established the flag of the state navy on July 26, 1776, stating that the colors be a white flag with a green pine tree and the inscription, an appeal to heaven. That phrase, an appeal to heaven, is used multiple times by John Locke in his work, Two Treatises of Government. The phrase connotes that after all other alternatives, listen to this, it means that after all other alternatives of seeking justice have been exhausted, only an appeal to heaven remains. When they had done everything that they could do, all that would be left was an appeal to heaven. In our own declaration of independence as a country, our most prized possession, America's appeal to heaven is publicly declared. Jefferson, who wrote the declaration, was highly influenced by John Locke's work. And if you read the Declaration of Independence, especially the last paragraph, you can see it is by all means the true definition of an appeal to heaven in its format. What I am preaching to you today is very simple. And I'm almost done. It's just a short, sweet message. But what I've come to tell you is this. That in the midst of the battle, when it's raging hot all around you, but you know that you know that you know that you're on the right side. And you feel like you've done everything you possibly can Yet it seems like you aren't making much headway. And you are determined, I'm not on the wrong side of this thing. My spirit tells me I'm on the right side. My heart is right. My motives are right. My cause is right. And yet I still seem to be outgunned by the enemy. It appears that I'm being outmaneuvered by the enemy of my soul. I can't tell you how I'm going to win this battle. I can't tell you how long it's going to take me to win this battle. I can't tell you how many hits we're going to take before it's all said and done. But I can tell you this morning that I am convinced that what we're fighting for is right. So we say, God, I'm appealing to you. I'm putting it in your hands, Lord. I'll grab my musket. I'll march across frozen rivers. I'll eat berries, I'll wrap my feet in rags, and I'll do whatever I have to do. But I came to raise my flag, and I came to let you know that I am committed to this thing. And I refuse to quit just because it's hard. I refuse to throw in the towel just because it's been a bitter fight. And I won't stop simply because I, everything else says I'm outmatched. I have a flag. That says I'm appealing to a higher power. I have a flag that says I'm calling on one who is greater than what I am going through right now. Which is why John Locke, when he began to write his papers, he was trying to convince that young nation before they were a nation. He was trying to convince them, we need to do this. We need to declare independence from Britain. We need to become our own country. And people would look and they'd say, explain to us why we should do it. And he would write 
all the reasons he felt why they should do it. And then they'd say, tell us how we're going to do it. And he would write all the reasons how he felt like they could do it. But when it was all over with, you would look at what he had written down. And you would say, I see what you've written. But what you've written just doesn't seem to be enough for us to accomplish this thing that is before us. It's too monumental. And it's going to be too difficult. There is no way. There is no conceivable way we could ever win this war. John, you've got to give me a better reason than that why I'm going to make it. And John said, well, if none of that did it for you, if none of that was enough for you, he said, all I've got is one more thing to say. I appeal to heaven. I believe that because I'm in the right, God's going to make a way. Now, you got to help me preach right now because I came to tell you today, I don't know how. I don't know when. I've preached my guts out to this church for eight and a half years. I've given you everything I've got, and I'll keep giving you everything I've got. I've told you everything God can do. I've told you where we came from. We've shared testimonies of the goodness of God. But if that is not enough for you today, all I've got to tell you is, if you've gone as far as you can go, it's time you lift up your voice and say, God, I need help. Come on now. Come on now. It's time you say, I need the help of heaven. Samson said, I've done everything I can do. I've been grinding in a mill. God, I know I made some mistakes. God, I know I wasn't what I was supposed to be. But Lord, while I've been grinding here, my hair started growing back. And God, I want to ask you just one more time. I don't deserve it. There's no reason you should. But I appeal to heaven right now. And the Bible said God heard him. The Bible said God heard that man. And the Lord answered his prayer. Eliphaz in Job chapter 5, our verse that I read to you. He said, but as for me, I would seek God. And I would place my cause before him. If you don't know anything else to do, you just ought to seek God. And you ought to place your cause before him. George Washington had that flag flown over his navy. Because he believed that they were in the right. And he believed that what they were doing was something that would cause the hand of God to help them in a supernatural manner. Let me just tell you today, if you're fighting the devil... If you're fighting the enemy of our souls, if he's had some demonic attack come against you, if you've been battling in your mind, if you've been battling in your spirit, if you've been battling in your flesh, I came to tell you today that there is an appeal to heaven that you can make. And God is going to say, I know maybe they didn't do it all perfect. I know maybe they're like David and they've had some mistakes in their life. 
but they sure did know where to come and they knew on who to call. They went as far as they could and because they did that, I'm going to come and I'm going to make up the difference for them. It's amazing to me that a man, we would say a man who didn't even have a complete understanding of the things of God. It's amazing to me that that man would say when he had written out his brilliant thesis that was going to be published throughout the new world after he wrote that brilliant masterpiece of political work that was supposed to sway people to the side that he was on. It's amazing that he would say, if that's not enough for you, I simply, other than that, say that we have an appeal to heaven. And because I'm doing what's right, I just have to believe that God is going to make a way. So this morning, I'm walking through a battlefield. This morning, I'm walking through the middle of people that have been in the heat of the battle. You've had the enemy come against you. He's hit you with everything that he has. It started out with swords and knives and spears. But now it's turned into bombs and guns and all kinds of destructive things. And we're in the middle of all of that right now. But while we're in the middle of that, and while you're looking around saying, God, I did everything I was told to do. I prayed and I fasted and I studied and I believed and I did it all. But I haven't seen a change come yet. And Lord, here I am now trying to figure out how we're going to make it. What will I do? You need to do like that first president of our country did. And say, I may be with a group of men that are trying to make it over a frozen river. And I may have a navy that consists of six vessels. But I want one thing flying over the flag of my vessel. And that is, let there be an appeal to heaven. I came to tell you today, when you did everything you knew to do, and you cried, and you prayed, and you sought God, you've just got to fall on your knees today and say, Lord, here I am. I give it to you. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I'm not giving giving up I'm going to continue on but Lord I must have the help of heaven that's what I came to preach today that's what I came to tell you when the devil tells you why it cannot happen and when worldly voices try to tell you why it will not work you just need to say all I know to tell you is you can back me in a corner on whether I got a good plan or not you can back me in a corner on whether what I think I'm going to do is actually even going to work or not. You can put me in whatever corner you want to. But at the end of it all, I've just got one last thing to say to you. I appeal to heaven. <laughs> I appeal to heaven. Moses, what are we going to do? We're surrounded. we got an enemy behind us, a sea in front of us. Mountains and wilderness on the sides. What? Moses, are we going to do? All I know to tell you is I appeal to heaven. And he lifted up that, that rod that became their banner. He lifted it up over that Red Sea. And all night long, 
there was an appeal to heaven that was made. And all night long the wind began to blow. Until in the morning there was dry ground for them to walk across. It was when God came in and said you've done as much as you can. But because you did as much as you can I've come to do what I can. And there's people I'm preaching to today that you've been walking through things. And there's been battles you've been facing. And it hasn't been a short-term battle. It's been a long-term standoff. And you feel today like Israel when they stood across that valley of Elah from the Philistines. And every morning that giant would come out to say, send me a man. And they had been in a standoff for some time because it seemed like there was nothing they could possibly do. Yet here came David with an appeal to heaven. And today here came your pastor with an appeal to heaven. God, my kids aren't doing right. God, my kids are having some struggles. My kids aren't living for the Lord like they need to be. God, I've done everything I know to do. I've, I've pleaded with them. I've, I've preached to them. I've prayed for them. God, it's been some time and I haven't seen anything turn in the right direction. What do you want me to do, God? He just wants you to plant a flag today. <laughs> but God, I've been battling sickness in my body. It's been... It's been uh, 26 years now, God. I've been battling a sickness in my body. I thank you for what you've done earlier in the year, God. And you gave us a miracle and, and we were able to get off one insulin. But God, we haven't seen the full thing yet. And God, we've been in every prayer line. And God, we've, we've responded in faith with every single thing. Babe, I, I, I've, I've seen you pray when, somebody, when you didn't feel like praying, but they said they felt like praying. And you'd say absolutely, and you'd pray with them just because maybe they had a faith you didn't have. And I've seen you, I've seen you go through prayer lines. I've seen people come grab you out of crowds and, 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 and say all kinds of things. And, and we believe God's going to do it and it hadn't happened yet. What do we say to that, babe? All I can tell you is this. Plant a flag that says, I've got an appeal to heaven. I've got an appeal to heaven. I need somebody that's got a little faith for their children today to raise their hand for me. I mean, when, you're, when you're looking at kids growing up in a very secular society, one more secular than we even thought about growing up in, and they're facing things, and, 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 and they've got... I, I, I was reading some statistics on programming that's coming out for kids. You better be careful what you're letting your kids watch. Because they're slipping stuff in. And they're putting it on public television stuff that should seem innocent and all that. And you say, God, I don't know what else to do. I've never parented before. I've never been this way before. I don't know. You don't know what it's like to, pa to, to parent a 12-year-old because you've never had a 12-year-old. How are we going to do this, God? How are we going to get... Elizabeth, Jimmy, the only thing I know to tell you is make an appeal to heaven. Plant that flag and say, God, we're going to give it everything we've got. But when we've reached the end of who we are... We appeal to you and we believe you to make up the difference. Anybody with a backslidden child in this room today that wants to believe God with me? Sister Darvis, we plead with them, beg them, cry over them, try to share inspirational things with them, ask God to put people in their path. 
ask God to open doors and shut other doors. We do everything we can. And, 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 and I know you've done that, but Sister Darvis, when you've done all you can do, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to plant a flag and say in the name of Jesus, I make an appeal to heaven that God, you're getting ready to come move in this situation. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how many battles we're going to go through. I don't know how many dark days there's going to be. I don't know how many dark days there's going to be. I don't know how many times I'm going to look and feel like we just took three or four steps backward when we were trying to get ahead. I don't know how many times I'm going to look at this thing and say it. there's just no possible way. But when you feel like there's no possible way, you're going to plant a flag and say, I make an appeal to heaven and God's getting ready to move on my behalf. (laughs) Been in a battle. Been facing some things. Been trying to get through it. And it seems like it just doesn't happen like you want it to happen. And it seems like, Lord, here I am. I, I came. I committed my life back to you. I'm trying to get things right. I know there's uh, reaping I've got to do. I know all that, God. But, Lord, I've been in this for a while now. and I'm ready to see some things turn, God. And it hasn't turned yet like I want to see it turn. Lord, what do I do? I'm going to tell you what you do. You plant a flag over your life. And you say, I appeal to heaven right now. Devil, you can say whatever you want to say. But I've got to believe that God's getting ready to do something greater. I've got to believe that God's getting ready to do something greater. I appeal to heaven. I appeal to heaven. This is the message. This is the sermon for all the people who want answers for whom I don't have answers. This is the flag for the people who just don't know. This is the flag that says the only thing I'm sure of in all of this is that I'm going in the right direction and that I'm doing what pleases God. And as long as I'm doing what pleases God, I'm going to keep appealing to him to come and to move and to have his way in whatever my situation is in the name of Jesus. Would you lift your voice and hands right now? And would you call on the Lord?